0: You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Coke, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I am your host, Jackie Coke, and today I'm so excited. We have a special guest on the show, somebody that you don't realize you likely have sort of interacted with. (laughs) I'll explain in a second. But today we're talking to Sid Retchen, And Sid and her team have been such an instrumental part of the podcast this season, the rebrand, and she's the one who really pushed me to move up to two episodes a week. And so her team manages my podcast and she does so much more. Sid is a faith forward business owner who was put on this planet to innovate and serve. She has a chemical engineering degree and a master's in analytics, and she thrives on solving problems, optimizing businesses through an analytical lens. But she's always had a really widely creative edge and that she felt underutilized. And we talk a little bit about this. Actually, we talk a lot about this when we kick off the episode. But she really felt like she was being underutilized until she left corporate America and started her own business, TCA, where she gets the opportunity to innovate and serve through podcast management and fractional CMO consultation Sid is a systems and project management expert, which we talk all about on this podcast. She's just so innovative with marketing and is super passionate about helping entrepreneurs wake up to the importance of podcasting in our modern marketing era, as well as digging into how to best lead your team. And that's what we talk about on the episode today. We talk about how to delegate to your team, how to set up systems so that you can manage your team well. And we really dive into different project management tools you can use to run your business. So I already booked a call with her to set up my project management systems and help me get things a little bit more streamlined. I have a feeling you probably will after listening to this episode, or at least feel more empowered to utilize more tools to lead your team. So without further ado, let's dig into this episode. Hello and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and today we have a very special guest on the show. I'm so excited to be speaking with one of my cheerleaders in my business, Sid, who's been helping me with my podcast and giving me so much just encouragement. And so, so excited to dive in with you today, Sid, and share your magic. I mean, I guess the, the listeners don't realize that they get some of your magic every time they listen. Yes. Since your team manages the show, which I'm so grateful for, but there's so much more that you do that I'm so excited to dig in with you today. So thanks for being on the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I remember when we first started connecting over podcasting and you and I were both like, oh, you're, you're into that topic. Oh man, you're into that topic. We need to record, we need to record and we haven't until now. So I'm glad we're finally sitting down and doing the dang thing.
0: I know, I know. So let's start out by giving listeners, can you just share a little bit about your background? You have such an interesting background on how you came into what you're doing now. Can you start out with a little background on your career trajectory, I guess from where you started to where you are now?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, My career definitely has some interesting spins. So I have an undergraduate degree in chemical engineering and a master's degree in advanced analytics, which is another sort of engineering degree. And I spent the first chunk of my career doing very technical engineering work, ultimately culminating at a Software that I helped develop. We have two patents on two algorithms that I created through that software. And that software controls large manufacturing machines. It controls the parameters that make a product based on the resultant quality that is wished for using analytics. And it's in heavy manufacturing. So I paired my chemical engineering, heavy manufacturing, boots on the ground picture hard hat, reflective vest, safety glasses, steel toe boots, really dirty, mucky, yucky, dirty work, and then paired that with super techie, geeky glasses behind the computer work, paired those two passions I had together to create something that was really impactful in industry. I was sort of chasing this desire to innovate and make an impact that's kind of what I have eventually figured out about myself, my sort of two driving factors is that I love to serve and I love to innovate and I'm not really fulfilled unless I'm doing both. But I'm sure many of the people listening to this podcast can relate to some of the stop gaps that exist in corporate America and how easily creativity can be stifled and how easily Um, Pushing projects through to completion and, and seeing the fruit of your efforts, how slow that can be and how political it can get as well. So at one point I was jet setting all around the world, speaking about my algorithms, talking about the product that they were used in, selling it globally doing really well, really loving that, but then being halted in creativity and ability to actually go execute. And I got so frustrated that my husband finally said, you can't go on like this. We can't go on like this. You just need to find a hobby or something else. I was all in with work. So, um, a friend of mine, actually referred me to just help out with creating some graphics for a friend of her, someone that she knew. And this girl had just posted, hey, like, I just need someone who can help me write and make graphics on my social media. And I just dinged her and I was like, hey, you look like a really nice person. I don't want any of your money. I have a great job. I'm not doing this for money. I need an outlet. And I would love to do your creative writing and do your creative design work because I just think it will fill me up. And of course she was super grateful because she was a small business. And from there it just boomed. Um, I had, she had so many people reaching out to her about who was helping her with her business. And finally, one day she came to me and said, said, I know that you're like a rock star engineer, you know, you're a top dog in this organization with these algorithms that you created and blah, blah, blah. I also know you hate it. And a lot of people are asking me about your work. Can I share it with you? And one day I just said, yes, that was on like a Thursday or Friday, the week before she had me with three new clients by the end of that week. And I called my boss on Monday and said, Hey, I'm quitting. Like I'm done. And he said, no, 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 sleep on it. Let me know tomorrow. So I woke up slept on it, told him I'm quitting, put in my two weeks notice. And then from there, it was just innovation and service. That's literally all I did. I said yes a lot. I said yes because I knew I was confident in my capabilities and confidence is something that I feel like we'll probably get to when we're talking about effectively managing digital teams on this podcast. But I just said yes to things that I felt like I could figure out through innovation. And I just stayed true to my heart of service. My ultimate goal was just to provide, give someone something that otherwise they wouldn't be able to easily have or access based on my skills and talents. And I just got really fulfilled really fast. In that, I started a podcast production company. I started taking on podcast editing. Again, it was just out of saying yes and really loved the education and personal impact that A voice can make. And so I got really just interested in podcasting and, and the tech behind audio editing, but the creativity around show notes, writing and SEO and just mapping out a marketing plan around it and creating beautiful graphics and grabbing the most impactful audio clips from each episode. And it just became an art that was so founded in technical stuff that that grew. And then while I was doing that, I was still saying yes to other marketing type things. And I realized that most businesses really just need someone who can solve problems. And when you're a small business and small, meaning not a fortune 500 company, I'm not saying small from the standpoint of your, how much money you make, just when you're a self run business, a team of 10, maybe even 50 or less You typically have problems with either generating leads or properly talking about your products. And so naturally, I just started solving business problems related to those two things, which fall into the realm of marketing and operations. And so that kind of birthed my what is now fractional CMO and COO services, which is where I spend the majority of my time now. And my husband, Carter, runs our podcast production company, also an engineer, met him in school, very similar background to me. And Yeah. That's where we're at now. Now I'm leading a podcast department. My husband is running it and I'm a fractional CMO and COO
0: for a few really awesome businesses. Amazing. So many things that I want to say there. I guess one, it's very rare that someone who's so technical is also so I don't want to use the word outgoing because I don't think that that's not what I mean, but you obviously like connecting with other people. You're very personable. I can tell that you really, you like that interaction. And I feel like a lot of times if you're an engineer, you don't. So yes. um, I have to imagine that's also been such an amazing gift that you've been given in the work that you're doing now that you actually get to like interact with people a little bit more and, and kind of, you know, build those relationships too.
1: Yeah. I love that. You said that it's not outgoing. You're right. It's definitely not an outgoingness. I'm not the life of the party person. I'm the one who really wants to get to know you and want to know about your kids and about what sports they're playing and what you're cooking for Thanksgiving and when's your birthday, things like that. Definitely more in relationship. Honestly, that is just a foundation of my growing up in church. I'm very, I'm a Jesus loving woman. And I just think that community is so important for that. so And awkwardness is accepted there. So while I definitely have the typical social tendencies every now and then of a quote-unquote engineer, all of my friends have it way worse. So (laughs) I'm blessed there a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. What I really want to dive into on this podcast and something that you and I have geeked out a lot about, and you already kind of mentioned it, is how to really lead and set up systems to properly Run your business with digital teams. And so before we start getting into that, I want to ask about your experience leading teams when you were in-house and corporate. I have to imagine it was a little bit more belly to belly, different type of, of way that you led teams. So can you share a little bit about your experience leading teams in that environment?
1: Sure. Yeah. Leading teams in corporate America for me felt a lot. I worked for large organizations. So really, really big businesses with a lot of red tape. Leading teams felt very cold in corporate America. To be fair, I was also managing technical people people with engineering degrees. And so therefore, naturally, the relationship is a little bit more black and white. But it felt very cold and very job description oriented, like task oriented rather than growth oriented. And rather than really feeling like I was able to pour into people, but that's, so that's like the big picture. The, the small picture is everything was really done in person management was in person, you're sitting at tables. This is pre COVID too. You're sitting at tables with 20 people at them and you're trying to speak up for your team and have your team speak up. And there's this political, like, I don't even know, like static electricity in the room where you just felt like the best way I can describe it is a bunch of red tape and a bunch of standards and processes that were set before you got there that you kind of had to just fill into and sort of, it was either you executed on the thing that was already there in this like static filled political environment, or you didn't. And then you would get dinged for not having your reviews done on time. And you're like, it just felt transactional. That's the word I'm looking for. I also feel like, I don't know, I didn't have the same level of ownership, I guess, whenever I'm managing teams that I for my own business or for my fractional CMO and COO clients, it's almost like you have a different level of ownership when it's yours. And I don't know how corporate businesses can impart that level of ownership onto their middle managers when they don't have the equal amount of autonomy and decision rights that go along with that level of ownership. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. I think even if you take it down like a step further, when you're managing a group of people in an in-person team environment, you can yell over your computer screen like, hey, what's the status of this? Or like, hey, I need you to do this. Just the way that you delegate work, the way that you give updates, the way you communicate about the work is just so different. And there's this feeling, I think, of especially right now with this whole talk of like going back into an office, right? There's a lot of companies that want to go back into an office and the argument is, Oh, we work. I mean, there's a lot of arguments to it. Right. But, but one of the big ones is, is I can keep better tabs on what my team is doing or it's just easier to get stuff done when we're all together. And you know, those are some of the biggest arguments. And I think that's just like a cop-out personally of you not wanting to change the way in which you work. And I think implementing some of the tools that digital teams use, even in an in person work environment, would drastically improve efficiencies of teams. And so I know that's what work that you do now. And so, my next question, and obviously, if you have any comments on any of that, I'd love to hear, but I also wanna hear, like, How is it different now that you're working with digital teams and what have you found to be so critical to making sure teams run well together digitally?
1: Yeah, great question. Back to your first comment on people not wanting to kind of like being a cop out for going back into the office. I think rather than not wanting to change how they do things, I think it's a general lack of knowledge that there is another way to do it. And big picture, like social media feeds into that, our sort of chat room life that we live feeds into that. And and we'll definitely get into some of that. But the biggest difference in managing a digital team and the things that I think that in-person teams are lacking and the fear around going a little more digital is the ability to delegate properly because delegation especially for the manager and even for the team member receiving the delegation to delegate something you have to know what it is you have to be able to articulate the thing that you would like delegated clearly you have to be able to set a standard for what good looks like in order to delegate something properly us entrepreneurs in this digital space we will hire out a contractor to do X, Y, Z work. We are hiring someone to post three reels for us a week. That is so concrete. It's so specific. Yes, we give that person creative energy to, to create those reels and to guide us and to help us you know, make it the best that it, that it can be. But ultimately, we, we told them what good looked like. Give me three reels that bring traction to my page a week. We don't do that nearly as articulately when it's in an in-person team. We sort of expect the general culture and environment and lunch catch-ups to fill in those gaps, whereas digital teams have to articulate. And if you're not, articulating, if you're not setting the standard for what good looks like, then you're probably as a digital entrepreneur right now feeling like your team does not see your vision clearly. You're feeling like they're not executing on your vision clearly. You feel like you could do it better. You feel like you could do it faster. You feel like you can't just, you just can't find the right person. They don't exist. They don't get your business. You're too niche. You're too this. You're too that. You've got too much going on. No one can handle the number of things thrown at you in a given week. Your business is different. If you're feeling that way, it's probably because you have a background in corporate America and you have been trained, if you will, to not have to clearly articulate your needs your expectations, and eventually the task. And to do that across a team of people gets even more complex. So
0: that's a long answer, but that's the biggest difference is you have to be articulate. For sure. You have to be articulate, know how to delegate, and have proper systems right in place to do so. Correct. I think there's two tracks of entrepreneurs, All right, there's There's those that have worked in Professional worlds before. And then there's the others that they've never worked in. They've always been an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And I think if you've always been an entrepreneur, you don't have some foundational stuff that you may have learned that is helpful from corporate. You're kind of just floundering, figuring out what to do. And then if you're coming from corporate, you probably have some not so great or some processes that don't translate into entrepreneurship that come with you. Yes. For sure. So I know you guys use some really great tools and you have some great processes set up for delegating to your teams. Can you share, give listeners, what are some of the platforms you use? Um, Well, actually, I want to take a step back first. And one thing that we didn't talk about that I think is so relevant to this conversation is there's the delegation piece. So when you have a digital team, you need to delegate there's that, but then there's also setting up systems for asynchronistic work. Yeah. And I think that is a word that's starting to get a lot of buzz. I don't know, some places, I guess I've heard it a lot. Can you define what asynchronistic work is and why it's so critical for teams, regardless if you're in person or online? Definitely. And, and as it relates to
1: managing a team effectively digitally or running a digital business with a team, it's a lot about asynchronous communication. So I'll go higher level. Asynchronous working is ability to work independently, but in a collaborative way where you're utilizing your words and your the progress on the thing that you're doing to communicate. So you're using written words, I should say, rather than verbal words, rather than meetings So it would be the equivalent of going from taking phone calls to text messaging. When we moved away from calling our mom when we needed to know the recipe for grandma's chocolate chip cookies and said we would text her and now we don't have to get the whole story of grandma and mom's other drama we moved to asynchronous communication and we got more efficient in getting grandma's chocolate chip cookie recipe the same thing is true for asynchronous communication in a business it's basically where you perform the duties of your job in an independent Way, but you're in full collaboration. So the people around you who maybe that project are also working on that project, they know what you are independently working on because you have an asynchronous project, an asynchronous communication platform set up, a system set up to share where you're at in that project. That takes away the necessity of having project update meetings. That takes away the necessity of having to get on a call to ask for a question about a very specific component of the product. So let's say... And Jackie, you and I work together quite well asynchronously. You need something from me, you email me, and I get back to you when I'm at my desk. You communicate to me that there is a new podcast for us to edit by simply dropping it in the folder. We've set up an asynchronous system. You don't have to tell us anything. You drop it in the folder. Maybe you go and change the little button on your spreadsheet that says ready for editing. Maybe you don't. We have systems to capture that either way because we've set up an asynchronous business. Now, a synchronous business is one where we're hopping on Zoom calls all the time. So synchronous doesn't have to be in person in an office. Synchronous just means that we are all working together on something. Brainstorming requires synchronous communication, getting multiple brains at the same time in the same space, whether that's digital or in person, to discuss a topic at hand. Asynchronous communication and asynchronous team management and running your digital business asynchronously is all about knowing when to flip the switch to synchronicity. So when to get on an in-person call or when something is dragging on longer than it would be if we just got on a call and talked about it. So those are the two differences. And I think that the biggest, it's not, I think I know the biggest missing piece in helping entrepreneurs get to the point where they feel like they can effectively manage their team asynchronously is setting up a system that allows them to do so.
0: Yes, to all everything you just said. And one thing I want to add to that is that asynchronous work, it's a work process, a workflow that allows your team members to get work done without during times where everybody doesn't have to be online at the same time. Yeah. Especially if you have people across time zones, you know that your team is working on things, you know, during their work hours and you don't have to have the same exact working hours to get done because you don't need that person to be available on Slack to answer a question at any given moment, because you've set up a process for transparency into that. And so one of the biggest things I remember that was a huge shift in me and where I see some generational differences in this is moving away from Microsoft programs to Google programs, where all of a sudden I could collaborate on a document in real time with somebody else somewhere. You know, I didn't have to save the Word document, email it to you. You could make your updates, send it to me. When Google Docs became a thing and I started working in them, I was like, this is revolutionary. Yeah. I just remember that. And I say that jokingly because a lot of people listening to the show have grown up on Google Docs or Google Suite. They don't know any different. But there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are not leveraging some of those basic tools the way that they should. They're requiring text message updates or or status update meetings when you could just learn how to log into a G-sheet and check the status of something yourself. And so the more that you can set up a system that allows transparency in real time to know how things are moving along in a project, how tasks are getting accomplished, the more you're going to feel like your team is working and the more you're going to be able to go answer your own questions without having to send a note to your team. Yeah. And so I just want to add that as well as to something in my experience that I really have noticed. And I will even go further to say that
1: Google Docs and Google Sheets and the Google Suite is what a lot of people listening are probably running their digital business off of because I do think people have at least grasped onto the fact that you know having a shared editable document is super powerful. There are definitely people who are not utilizing it to the degree that they should, but most of the people listening to this probably are utilizing the Google suite to help them do work asynchronously with their teams. But the Google suite is almost turning into the old school, setting up meetings, sending files back and forth because there are so many better platforms to be using because it's not that there's better platforms. Google is, gosh, the god of platforms, the god of tech and and the interwebs, right? Like we can't live our life without Google. They created our SEO algorithm that we do everything around, but there are other project management based platforms that allow you to, in a more structured and more succinct way, delegate responsibilities and get work done. And then, you know, being able to check in on statuses. And that's where I know we've talked a lot about systems. And probably the second half of this, you kind of asked me before, like, what systems are you using? Or should you be using to Effectively work in an asynchronous environment and build your team asynchronously and be able to delegate responsibilities appropriately. And my answer, in short, is Asana. We use Asana for everything in TCA. I use Asana for everything in my personal life. I no longer text my husband and ask him to take the trash out or make sure he remembers to send his grandma the birthday card or whatever. I literally just assign him a task in Asana. And it sounds probably bizarre. No, you don't. I do. (laughs) There are even some intimate personal details that are organized in Asana, so that I do not forget them. It's just everyone is potentially laughing like Jackie, but if you have a sticky note on your desk right now, don't come at me because I removed all sticky notes. I have no more sticky notes. I do not do little Apple notes on my phone. I don't write something down on the edge of a receipt and then forget it later and then scramble. No. And there's something in my brain that needs to get off. It goes into the appropriate asana board and I don't forget about it. It happens nothing slips through the cracks anymore. But that's the smallest detail of utilizing Asana is just getting rid of your sticky notes, but it really is a powerful way to set up expectations, tell your team what good looks like, manage process flows, manage your editorial calendar if you're marketing your products and services digitally. Plan for if you're, if you're a product based business, have a template set up so that when you have an exact process flow for ordering new components or getting your products manufactured or making sure you're tracking when you need to order based on inventory. I mean, it's just so powerful in setting up your business asynchronously. And it's, I actually laugh as I'm saying that right now because a huge part of TCA's podcast business is in Google Sheets, the customer facing side, because you all know how to use a Google Sheet. But if I opened up the depths of my podcast process, Asana board, it would likely blow everyone's mind. We're not quite there yet. As digital age entrepreneurs, everyone is not in a project management sweet right now. And that's the next thing. Like that's where you need to go to be able to successfully scale because in order to successfully scale, you have got to successfully delegate. And in order to successfully delegate, you got to paint the picture. You got to set up standards of what good looks like. You have to delegate responsibilities. You have to create systems around the things that are repetitive in nature in your business.
0: So how there's so many project management tools out there, right? There's ClickUp, there's Monday.com, there's Asana, there's I'm sure many more than just that. There's Airtable. Why do you choose Asana?
1: I have used all of those other platforms. Um, Like I said, I said yes to a lot of things early on in my business, just figuring out what worked for me and what didn't. So I'll take Monday.com because a lot of people um, know Monday.com pretty well. Monday.com is great for updates for like where you're at in a process. It's almost like the next stage of a Gantt chart. If everyone's familiar with a Gantt chart and a spreadsheet, monday.com is like leveling up your Gantt chart. And it also starts the delegation piece. You can assign things to people, which is awesome, but it lacks the capability of visually seeing multiple components of your business together on one page. So for example, let's take a candle company. So a candle company has a new product going out and in order to create that new product, they have a manufacturing flow, right? They have to get the fragrance oil. They need to pick the container that their candle's gonna go and then they need to order it and get it manufactured and wait for shipping and order packaging. And there's all these things that require lead time until the product is in their hand and they can sell it. Well, as soon as the product is in their hand and they can sell it, now they need to sell it. They need to market it. They need to do all the, they need to send out emails and have maybe a promo, get with affiliates. And so now you have back-end processes, front-end processes, collaborations, maybe the owner of the company is getting on podcasts or going to local events. And you have all of these different buckets and no way to see all of them together except for in Asana. So you can have a better visual of everything going on in your business In Asana versus all the other platforms. Another thing is Asana has a feature called My Tasks. And similarly to being able to see the overarching picture of every major component of your business, a given team member and a manager who can see everyone's stuff, a given team member can actually see all of their responsibilities laid out in chronological order across all of their projects so you're not having to be in one board to see what is relevant to you and there are some of those other platforms that sort of do that but not nearly to the degree that Asana does that so without really diving into like the nerdy details of this I've tested all of the platforms I have used every single one of them again I'm intimately connected to project management platforms so much so that everything down to my grocery list and random responsibilities for my husband and myself are on Asana because of its power. So I should be a sales rep for them or something.
0: You should,
1: you should. Also, it's free. The free version is, has all this power. You don't have to get the paid version to make an impact. That's a super important component.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So I have tried to move to Asana. I am one of those, like what you said, I, ha- I was going to show you my, my to-do list. And I do think when you're a team of one, it's a little bit, for me, I like writing it down. It works for me, right? That's how I've always worked. But I've committed to using Asana probably five times now, and I'm still trying to get myself to fully commit. And I think part of it's because I don't even know that my boards are set up right. I don't know that I'm like, I don't think that I'm seeing the true power of what using it can do. It feels like I'm just typing a to-do list instead of writing a to-do list. Yeah. I wonder if that is how listeners also feel. Totally. You know, and, and let alone when you should start using it is when you're a team of one so that once you start onboarding people, you already have the process down, right? Correct. What advice do you have for a listener who might be like me who's in that same boat?
1: Totally. And this is actually the biggest thing that I hear from any client that I work with in the CMO, COO space, and then also in just ad hoc consulting that I do. It's just more of like a, they just want to get it off their brain, like get it out of my head and get it somewhere else and organize it. I know that my own head can organize it, but having to store it there is exhausting and having to keep it structured there while they're doing it quite well, because they're running successful businesses. It's just exhausting. And my biggest piece of feedback on that is it's twofold. One the hardest part about using a platform like this is just knowing how to set it up. So that's where I think that probably why I love doing this so much is because I have a background in engineering and particularly analytics, which is very systems engineering. I'm able to take your specific business scenario and create your ideal Asana board platform. So for example, super simple, your Editorial calendar for your social media, email marketing, events marketing. Maybe you have a uh, brick and mortar, and so maybe you have some in person marketing collateral. All of that, it's launch dates, the content and all that would just be stored on a calendar because then you can see exactly what's going on when you can make sure you're promoting the correct stuff around X, Y, Z event. And you can make sure that you have your ambassadors or your affiliates promoting the material that they need to promote around the correct launch dates, things like that. That's super simple to grasp. I think most people would try to put that on a calendar, which is great. The other side of this would be like a process flow. So a thing that I make a lot, and, and this could be a board that you could easily make that would make an impact. I call it a brain blank board. So literally titled brain with a bunch of underscores, brain blank. And it's a board where it's like the columns. And there is a brain dump with a little dump truck emoji, because it's got to be cute. Then a brainstorm with a little rain cloud emoji. And then an in process with the little dot, dot, dot. Emoji and then a complete. And so this is the first board. If you're a solopreneur, this is the first board I would create because it allows you to take that list and make a ticket out of each list item and move it through a flow. Where am I with this? Am I just getting it out of my brain or am I actually working on coming up with a plan for it or am I implementing that plan or is it complete? And it helps you start getting things from point A to Z a lot more efficiently. So that's like using the board, the flow. Then there's like a list of you. Think about a job description. So if you're hiring someone And I'm just going to use a typical full-time marketing associate. So if you're hiring a full-time marketing associate, that person's going to have social media items on their job description. They're going to have email marketing items on their job description. They're probably going to have some administrative items on their job description. So you would use a list board in Asana to map out the recurring tasks that are required for each category of someone's job. This is the most powerful thing that I work with on a day-to-day basis. This is what sets Team members up for success. It obviously doesn't capture everything. There's one off things that happen all the time. Typically, on these boards, they would be named SID. Like it would be SID, that is my job, all of my recurring tasks based on category. And then maybe there's like an ad hoc or a project or a specific project comes up and you'd map it out for that person for their recurring tasks there. So editorial calendar, if you're marketing digitally, you need one of those, your brain blank board for brain dumping, brainstorming in process and complete. And then your job specific, what does Jackie need to do on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, annually, you can make all of those recurring in Asana to be successful. So you paint the picture of success and you help them figure out how to do it. And You don't have to be so specific as schedule post on Instagram. No, it can just be like, have next month's content ready to go by the 15th of the month prior and let them use their creative freedom. But having that structure there of like, this is the line item thing I need to do gives them a sense of security that they know what their job is and that they're able to do it well. And ultimately as CEOs, if we're, Honest, that's all we want on a day-to-day basis too. We just want confirmation that we are executing on the vision and strategy that we've set forth for ourselves. Writing it down and organizing it is the first step.
0: Amazing! Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm like, "Hey, I like need you to do this for me." And I'm sure other listeners are thinking the same thing. Is this a service that you provide? That when you say you you do fractional work, what does that look like? How could a listener who learn more about how you, they could hire you to come help them set these up. And of course you do so many more things than this, but I think this is the foundation of a business, right? And so doing this well is critical. So how can they work with you? Yeah, I love that. So
1: there'll be a link in the show notes of this episode for booking a one-off consult with me. And in 90 minutes, we can accomplish so much of setting this up, particularly your editorial calendar, your brain blank board and your role or any of your team members' roles. We can typically get a lot of that going, especially if you come to the table with line item things that you need to get done recurring with things that have been on your brain and with your current digital marketing schedule or Ideal schedule. So if you come to the table with those things, I guarantee we will have your socks knocked off by the end of a 90 minute call. But typically, how people work with me on this, so I do fractional CMO and COO work, that's typically with my larger clients. So these people have revenues that are typically over 500K annually up to 10, 15, 20 million annually. So people who really need someone to come in and freaking manage their team and do it effectively and get the vision from the CEO or the leadership team and just get it out on paper so that the marketing team or the operations team can freaking understand it and then can go execute on it. But I also do consult quite regularly. So I have a handful of clients that I work with to set up their Asana boards and then to maintain them. So we'll have monthly calls to just get on chat, get them updated, brainstorm anything that's coming through, definitely consult on anything, marketing and operations that come up. This is best if you're a solopreneur or if you're working with a team of somewhere around five or or less that is working with me just on an ad hoc basis, using that link, getting on a call with me and booking that out, how many, how much ever frequency together we decide is
0: fit for you. Cool. Well, I'm doing that with you. So I'm taking one of those spots. Yes, girl. No, but seriously, like, I think what you just described would be so great for my business, because I'm starting to really scale and I want to do it right. I don't want to find myself in a year from now ready to hire three people and, and stuff's all over the place. So if you're listening, invest in setting up your organization process and in, in something like this early. Well, for sake of time, we're going to do another episode. And I was thinking about it as we were chatting. And so this is going to be a, a multiple series episode where you come back and we talk about now that you have a system set up, how do you use it? How do you make sure your team is on track? How do you give feedback? How do you step into that leadership role using some of these tools to make sure your team is actually operating? Because it's one thing to set it up. It's another thing to actually use the tools, right? So if you're down for it, I want you back to talk about that on the next episode. Absolutely. And that like fits so well with the marketing
1: of waking up and thinking, oh shit, I'm the boss now. I have to set this up and then execute on it. Totally would love that. Also listeners, thanks for your time. I know this one might've been a little more long than normal, but I love talking about this stuff and Jackie, I just, I so value the work that you do and the information that you put out into the world because it's much needed. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we forget the HR side of our business and it's so important to understand how to be a good leader. And you just have a lot of tools to pour into people
0: with. So just so happy to
1: have you on our podcast client roster and just have you in my network.
0: Well, thanks. I'm Likewise. So thank you so much for being on the show. Listeners, we'll drop everything in the show notes. And thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, we'll have Sid back and she'll teach us how to actually start holding the teams accountable. So hope you have a good rest of your day and we'll chat with you soon. outsource your hiring completely and finally make that key hire our hiring team at people principles is your not so secret weapon let us do the heavy lifting to build your team check out our incredible team and our transparent pricing strategy at peopleprinciples.co forward slash hiring team